Well, good morning, Palm Coast, Florida. How we doing this fine day? Welcome to On the Green with Paul Tretner. I am Paul Tretner. I've been for 55 years. Your local PGA Pro, longtime resident here of Palm Coast. Moved here in 1990. Wow. Seen some change. Unbelievable. Well, I hope your 2024 is off to an awesome start. It is on my end, and I hope it is for you both on the course and off the course. Very important. So, got a really special guest with me, sitting not even six feet from me, five feet from me, um, in studio with me today. A man who I have known since around 1982. A man who used to teach me, but now I'm teaching him. <laughs> Ladies and gents, my high school phys ed teacher, Mr. Bob Wolf. Bob, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, so, Bob, yes, he was my uh, my high school uh, phys ed uh, teacher, coach, uh, and so forth. Um, and uh, today's show is going to be awesome, Bob. We're going to talk a little bit about Shoreham Wade and River, the high school that I went to where you actually coached basketball and uh and taught for how many years? 24. 24 years. And I didn't know that. I, you know, going in here, I know a lot about you, but I didn't know how many years you were there. It's pretty darn awesome. You've seen quite a bit. Shoreham Wayton River was a, a tremendous high school. I'm very grateful for going there. Shoreham is out east on Long Island. It's on the North Shore. For my listeners that have been listening, you know I'm from there. If you're new to the radio show, welcome, number one. Um, but anyway, so tell me, uh, you, you, Carol and, and your daughter, you all moved down. Uh, what year did you – how did you find Palm Coast, number one, and what year did you all move down? Well, it's a funny story because a guy that I went to college with uh-huh. and then I taught with for eight years in New York City, uh-huh. he moved down here right. and he invited me down for Labor Day. In 2001. Mm-hmm. So we came down and we uh, had thoughts of maybe moving to Florida. Right. So we visited with Tom for a couple of days and then mm-hmm. we went down to see my uncle in Miami. Right. And he tried to sell me his condo there. <laughs> it overlooked the ocean on uh-huh. one po- side and then overlooked the intracoastal on the other. Beautiful. But it was on the 17th floor <laughs> and you look straight down into a, a asphalt parking yeah. lot. Yeah. I said, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. So then on the way back, we stopped in Hollandale and visited someone. We didn't like Hollandale. Then we stopped in Melbourne, Uh where one of my cousins lived. And that was nice, but it wasn't really that nice. Sure. So we came back to stay with Tom for the rest of the the weekend. And he said, well, let's go look at land. So we went out with Ken Siebel Sr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he took us to the first spot he took us to. Uh Uh-huh. My wife went for a walk, and she comes back. I'm shaking his hand. She goes, oh, no. (laughs) I told him not to buy anything, (laughs) and I I bought the first piece of land I looked at. That's awesome. Can't go wrong. Palm Coast is just such a great little area. Obviously, at this time, you have no idea. I'm down here. You know, I was a student, so it's not like, you know, I knew you more than you knew me per se. You know what I mean? When did you find out I was down here? Because I know I gave you golf lessons, right? How did that come about? Who told you I was down here? How did that come about? I was working at Keith Warner's Nursery in Wading River. Yeah, okay, yeah. And Uh I'm talking to one of the kids that had graduated, and I told him I'm moving to Palm Coast. He says, oh, Paul Trenton is down there. No kidding. In fact, he's he's on a big billboard as you approach Palm Coast. (laughs) That's right, I was. So (laughs) when we came down here, I'm looking for the billboard, and I don't see it. Right. 
And it turns out you weren't at Cypress Knoll anymore, I think? It was, uh, that was Grand Haven. Actually, those pitchers that I was on the billboard on 95, they came from the 16th tee box at Grand Haven, Franklin. Oh, wow. It was about 7.30 in the morning. It was cold. And they wanted me to swing a driver. And I'm going, man, it was, it, but yeah, that, that's where those pitchers took place anyway. Um, and you are there at Grand Haven now. Yep. So, uh, so that's cool. So you were like, oh, Paul Tretner's down there, blah, blah. And then you looked me up. I think I was at Ocean Palm teaching at the time. Yes, then. you were. I was at Ocean Palm teaching before I went over to Ocean Hammock. You were really community cool. ed, I think. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was so. good, good stuff promoting the game and um, pretty neat. And, and, and so the first lot that Ken Seabold, was that in Grand Haven or no? It was, was in Grand Haven. It was, gotcha. On uh, Osprey Lakes on Egret Drive. Nice, beautiful. So 98 is, I was with the resort when we opened up Grand Haven. And what a great experience that was, you know, uh, for all the people listening, 1998, Jack came down and we, you know, he played 18 holes and so forth. It was really good. Real quick, State of the Union, Grand Haven, good shape right now. What's, what's going on at Grand they've, Haven? They've really worked on getting it into better shape and it's, it's yeah. starting to look really good again. Good. That's really good because it's really a great, great golf course, you know. That was kind of like the first golf course after the regular, I say the regular Palm Coast courses, you know what I mean? Right. Grand Haven was like the newest of the courses and so forth. And then, of course, Ocean Hammock Trail followed right behind that. But, uh, well, that's a good story of how you got here. I never knew that, and I wanted to know that, you know. And uh, so back to uh, your teaching. So you were there from 76 to, ni- uh, to 2000. Yep. 24 years. That's a long time. Um, My daughter and I graduated the same day. How about that? She, awesome. she left in 2000. She graduated yeah. in 2000, and I retired in 2000. And your daughter's name again, and I am Louise. Home. Louise, because she coached with Matanzas Woods, golf, yes. the girls' golf team. Yeah. When I was the head pro at Palatka, she um, was with Brandy, I think, at the time. Allred, I don't know if Brandy Allred was coaching no, at the time. No. Then she was not, maybe. Okay. She had a player, um, a really good girl. Oh, that's right. Uh, uh, Duke was the dad. Yeah. Oh, what was her name? Yeah, I, I'm forgetting. But uh, but anyway, she she did, that was great that she was involved in golf. Did she play golf in high school? Is, no, she did not. No, she just got involved when she got down yep. here. Oh, that's great. and she's a pretty good golfer. Yeah, no, it's great. Tell her I said hello. Now I know, I know. You know, she's down here right now. Is she yeah, good? she works at the. That's uh, right. She works the, at the school. the school district. That's awesome. Yeah, Louise Wolf. Gotcha. Louise Wolf Bassadet. Bassadet. Yep. Sounds good. Um, so Shormwaden River, you know, I wanted to talk about, um, and actually with you, I know you coach basketball. That was your big thing. In fact, your email is hoopmanbob. <laughs> so you love basketball as well. But, um, I want to go over some, some big time alumni from Shormwaden River, one being Mr. Keith Osick. So folks listening, Keith Osick was one of our best athletes to come out of school. I don't know him and Jesse Jansen. Jesse Jansen was a great wrestler as well, but Keith played for the Pittsburgh pirates from 94 to Oh one or Oh two, something like that. I, I finished. Think. I think he made nine years in the majors, almost 10, nine, 10 years. And yeah. he played basketball for you. Oh, he did. He was really, really good. Yes, he was. I think he was all state. If I'm not mistaken in baseball, basketball and as a soccer goalie or so he was he won awards anyway on, on all three of them i know that but yeah he was at least all county in basketball what made keith because he wasn't very tall so i mean he was maybe six feet i mean i still talk to keith in fact we, you and i before the show his son tyler osick played for ucf 
b- baseball this is. Did really good, mind you. But he's teaching my son right now baseball. My son does travel ball. And Tyler has a teaching program from, you know, with videos and so forth. But uh, going back to Keith, what was his, with basketball, what was his, just fast? He was just a natural athlete. He yeah. could do anything. Yep. Uh, the story was, the kids told me this, he was at a party one night. Uh-huh. Break dancing had just become popular. Uh-huh. So they put out the pieces of cardboard, and some kids show one off that he can do break dancing. Keith said, I can do that. And he did it. First time he ever. See, he was amazing. I used to hang out with him and Keith Schweitzer all the time. And oh, he yeah. was just, um, Keith was really an amazing, and his brother Steve was really good too at, at pitching. But anyway, also at a Shoreham River, just want to go through a couple alumni that you all listen and may know. First off, D.B. Sweeney, an actor. He played in uh, the Gardens of Stone in like 1987. Memphis Bell, Fire in the Sky was his big movie where he got like, uh, you know, by the aliens. It was a true story based on a true story. Um, and then Cutting Edge. He played in the Cutting Edge. That I like uh, Cutting Edge the best. Yeah, my wife loves that. You know, so D.B. Sweeney. Carter Rubin, if y'all watch The Voice, Carter Rubin was from Storm Waden River. Keith Osick. I, I mentioned Jesse Jansen. He was an incredible wrestler. I got him on my face. It's amazing how much you, you learn. Um, I also want to mention one gentleman who you and I were just talking about. Mr. Jeff Bennett was our theater teacher. He passed away just last week. Jeff Bennett was a legend. Any stories of Jeff? You knew Jeff pretty well. Well, um, I think he's one of the reasons I, I tell people down here about our theater program. Yeah. He's one of the reasons that D.B. Sweeney became a professional. That is correct. And he's not the only one. There were a bunch of other kids that acted mm-hmm. in movies. Uh, Mike Canzanero is on my Facebook. Mike is out in L.A. doing films. Mary Viola lived right next to me. She's out in L.A. I know that. Hollywood. The Schianti sisters. Oh, is that right? Lisa? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Cool. Um, there was a girl that, uh, I forget her name. I remembered it last night, sure. but I forgot it today. Yeah. Oh, I, that's CRS. Can't remember oh, stuff. No, uh, you it'll, can... it'll come to me tomorrow, Shh, to, sure. tonight, probably. Right. <laughs> I know that feeling. So, uh, also, uh, there was uh, a kid that got an award for, uh, uh-huh. the matrix. Oh, that was John Gaeta. Yes. That was John Gaeta. Colette used to hang out with my sister. I knew John Gaeta. In fact, my mom called me and said, Paul, we're watching, him. We're watching the Globes, and he won. Yep. He won for the uh, Adam, Adam, whatever, Adam, you know. Special effects, Special I effects, think. Special effects, right. Um, one other, two other people real quick from Sean Wade River. Uh, Chris Perna. You may not have known Chris real well. He was a wrestler. I knew his dad. Okay, you knew Anthony as a wrestling coach. Yep. Let me tell you about Chris real quick. He's now down in Naples. He started, he was with Epic Games. He started Fortnite. He's, let's put it this way. He's doing real well for himself. Uh, he was direct, worldwide director of, uh, of art for Epic Games. Wow. It, amazing, amazing. And also one other gentleman and, and uh, uh, th- this story. And then we're going to take a little break right after I tell the story. So we all know this gentleman, and I'm not getting into politics right now, but there was this kid that I went to, shared my bus stop, right near, in Shoreham, by the way, we were just talking about this, Tesla had the Wardenclyffe, his tower was literally about 200 yards from the home that I grew up in. On the same street that I grew up in, Locris was a kid, he left Shoreham in eighth grade, Andrew McCabe. Andrew McCabe was, he left in eighth grade. I remember in ninth grade going, where is Andrew? Lost track of him until about eight years ago. When Gail Gavin said, do you all know who this Andrew McCabe is? He was the guy with the FBI with Jim Comey. 
Oh, wow. Yes. Andrew McCabe. 100%. As soon as I looked at Andrew's face, I said, oh, my God. I, got, I actually got the chills. I was like, because I used to hang out with him. I researched him. He left in eighth grade. He went to Bowles right here in Jacksonville. Finished in four years in 86, same year I did, with scholars. Went to Duke. Finished four years and went right to FBI. And that's where he did something in 9-11. But anyway, that is our brief little Storm Waden River alumni. One more. I have a name for you, Tim Bauer. Tim Bauer, help me out. He's a tennis instructor over in Naples, uh-huh. but he's running some sort of uh, psychology thing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. No, we got, I tell you, it's amazing. And I'm sure everyone on listening has got their, their, their high school had some great alumni and blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of cool to, to riff with uh, a teacher who I've known for since 1982. Hey, hey, we got to take a little break here. So we're going to take a break. Don't go nowhere. We got, we're going to teach Bob inside the studio. We're going to give him a lesson right here. So stick around. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. Welcome back to On the Green. I am Paul Tretner with a longtime friend, teacher since the 80s, Mr. Bob Wolf, my high school phys ed teacher. He was uh, a teacher there for 24 years, which is really cool. Um, let me ask you, so going back to Shoreline River, when you got the job there, how did that job come about? I mean, where were you at when that, when that came about? Were you- I was teaching in New York City. Uh-huh. I had been there for nine years. Yeah. And I wrote 171 resumes. Yeah. And I got... Except that at nine, teaching was tough at the time, especially sure. if uh, you have nine years' experience. I don't want to hire you. Right. So Shoreham had the money, and they had me right. come out, and I interviewed. Right. And then I eventually got the job. That's awesome. And if some of you may know, Shoreham was where we had a nuclear power plant being built, okay? <laughs> I know. And you start laughing. I start laughing. And everyone listening to that knows starts laughing because it never really went off. I think the state sold or they sold it for $1 to the state yep. or something like that. So I guess – but because it was in our district, we got funding. So like we had – we used to call it the Shoreham Wade River Country Club – we had all new sports equipment. We had everything was brand new. We were a little spoiled, frankly. But, hey, someone's got to do it, I guess. Right? Where I taught in New York City, we had 10 basketballs, and yeah. we guarded them with our lives. Right. At Shoreham, I had a basketball for every kid in my class. Wow. Amazing. Really, really well. Uh, golf, getting back to you. So when did you start playing golf? Did you play in high school or no? No. So coaching, you never really played golf. Nope. What was the trigger that got you involved in golf? My wife. Really? She said, if you don't get out of this house when we move down here, I'm going to kill you. You can't sit around reading books all day. Oh, my goodness. He was a big golfer, so I, I went over and took some lessons with a guy over there. Who you with? Alex. I don't remember his, his last name. Big uh, heavy set guy. At Grand, at Grand Haven? Yeah. Not sure, not sure, but good. It's great that you got in there and you had some fun with it. It's very important when you start now. And then Katie, too. 
Yeah, Katie. Katie was great. O'Keefe. Yeah. Katie O'Keefe. Yeah, I just saw her a couple of weeks ago. Really? Tell her I got it, if you remember. Tell her I said hello anyway. So that's pretty cool. I'm glad we, we did that. So um, as an amateur, it's kind of tough taking a lesson. It's a little intimidating, I guess. Or is it? I guess some people it is. No, I don't some think so. Some it isn't, you know. Um, what's going on in your golf game right now? I want to try to... You're a 17 handicap, or your index is 17. Right. It depends on what tee you play, folks. If I play from the whites, it's the 13. Okay, right. And uh, I can shoot low. Uh, uh-huh. Last month, I shot 78 twice. Uh-huh. <laughs> Funny story. I'm, I'm, That's awesome, though, 78. On That's December 3rd, 16. I come to the last hole, uh-huh. which is par 5 at Grand Haven. Okay, yep. I have 73 strokes. I know that. Wow. December 4th, I turned 79. So I wanted to shoot my age nice. one more time. Oh, so I had to you. get a par on the, on the last hole, and I did it. Nice. And I um, even made the, I made the putt. I didn't pick up. That's beautiful. Yeah, and don't pick up, folks. I can <laughs> tell you right now, look here. I've had a motto, like, tap it in. Every time you see that little white ball roll into the hole, it's got to benefit you. It really does. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and I'll tell the story. So I used to be the head pro at Ocean Course, okay? And I'm going to hit on the, the members a little bit at the Ocean Course. They would give four or five-foot putts all day long. So now we would go play hammock dunes in a match. I would play the head pro there. And then all the other, you know, members would match up with the handicaps of their other players. Well, we would get just sw- We would get beat like a drum. And I told them, I said, because y'all are missing these three, four, five-footers. Yep. Those are the putts that you really have to make. And no matter what, you know, what I like to do with my students, and lately it's been really good, is to grade yourself. So from like your driver, your putting, your chipping, your irons, and your bunkers. If you were to grade yourself on each of them, you know, find out which one you don't have the most confidence with and work on that part of the game. I know that sounds so elementary, but we as players sometimes like to work on what we're playing good with just because it's easier that way. You know, we're playing good with that. And it's all confidence, though, isn't it, though, Bob? It's, it's Golf is very much confidence. Yeah. So you've been involved in sports your whole life. Um, visualization, okay? I know that is such a critical part in golf. In basketball, on the free throw line, tell me visualization is not, like, one of the most important things to see the ball go into hoop. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's what golf – I try to teach my amateurs to visualize more positive. Tiger Woods and Steve, William, uh, Steve Williams. Steve Williams wrote a book, Golfing at the Top with Steve Williams, and it talks about stories with him and Tiger and about how most amateurs think on the golf course. And if you think too negative on a golf course, you're going to fill your brain with negativity, and you're not going to have a positive image, you know? And that's what you got to really try to have is that positive I, I definitely play with guys that have paralysis by analysis. <laughs> yeah. You can see them standing yes. over the ball and yeah. just thinking about – what they're going to do. Yeah. And, and, and so, okay. Grow, so I moved to Palm Coast in 90, Bob. I was kind of spinning my wheels up in Long Island a little bit. Keith Bach, who is an alumni, who's doing very good up in Hilton Head. He was just on a show last week. Oh, really? I had him call in anyway. He started an academy. He also owns J, Junior uh, JPGA, a junior program. Really doing fabulous up there in Hilton Head. If you ever go to Hilton Head, you got you to gotta look him up because he's got some nice, beautiful cottages and so forth. In fact, we're going to get a match together, and maybe uh, you can come up there. Who knows? It's going to be me, Jeff Pfeiffer, all the alumni for Shoreham Wade and River are going to try to meet in Hilton Head and stay at his cottages and so forth. So the invite is there. Okay. <laughs> 
So I'm, we're gonna I'm interested. That. Yeah. Although I'll be the worst golfer there. No, nah, well, look, we'll have fun. We'll have fun with it. So tell us about your 18th hole. You had to make a par. So how do you do it, man? Because well, I know it's stressful. <laughs> it's kind of sort of. I can't reach the green in three, so okay. I have to hit sure. far, far enough down so that I can chip at the green. I don't know if you remember 18. Yeah, it's a tough green. Very tough. And it was on elevated. top that day, too. Right. So I, I chipped with my seven iron, sure. despite what you told me in one of my <laughs> lessons, that the, the pitching wedge was my best uh, right. chipping uh, weapon. Well, not necessarily. I love you using a seven iron because the less loft you use in chipping, the better. Well, I had to roll it up shot. the hill. Sure. And, and uh, do it. Use the less lofted club. You know what I mean? Good job. So how far of a putt did you have for par? I had about six feet. <laughs> Good. Just enough know, to make me nervous. Sure thing. Yeah, it's amazing how it's all relative on ner- being nervous and so forth. You know what I mean? I mean, shooting your age is really, really cool. I was with Joe Gutterman, who is a pillar in this community. I say a pillar for golf anyway. He was my first boss when I moved down here. We've been playing every Wednesday. Well, he had a three under at the conservatory last Wednesday. Ooh. And he just turned 69 on the 12th. And this was the 11th last Wednesday. We were playing on the 11th and his 69th. So he, anyway, he wanted to shoot 68 so bad. <laughs> and, you know, there's 18 holes for a reason. <laughs> he shot 70. He, uh, he made a couple bogeys coming in, but it's so easy to do. Um, what part of your game, driver, putting, chipping, is the most confident for you right now? Driver. Driver. Good. Good. Getting in play. Very important part of the club. Is there anything that you're doing differently and the driver that why, – why is your confidence there with the driver, you think? I just hit it well. Yeah. I think I concentrate more over my driver. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe it's like a, a male thing, ego. No, it is. I mean, we get that driver in the hand. You know, it's the furthest club, so we want to hit it. The, the one thing I could tell you is just keep your rhythm the same from Monday to Tuesday. If there's anything in my experience of teaching, it's definitely the fact that as men, we, our rhythm will change from day to day, sometimes from front nine to back nine. <laughs> and we all know that. Where ladies typically have a very consistent swing, yep. they don't try to beat the heck out of it like we do. And beating the heck out of it is going to cause the slice most of the time because we get ahead of the, of the golf ball, you know. So if anyone out there listening, if they want to go to and learn golf, uh, the, the best teacher that I've ever seen is Rick Smith. Rick uh, was up at Treetops up in Michigan. I used to listen and watch him back in the early 90s when I was an apprentice learning how to teach and play. Um, but he's down now with in South Florida at the route. And anyway, he's got Performance Golf. Go to www.performancegolf.com. It's all about the impact. So it's, it's basically from your – like even less than from your hip to hip. So, you know, and he gives the example, if you go to this website, of like, let's take Lee Trevino, Jim Fjork, and Tiger Woods. All three different looking golf swings. Noticeably. doesn't matter whom you are. They all look different. But if you looked at them from the waist down, they're all going to be the same. Yes, sir. It's that impact, Bob, right there. So, and a lot, because a lot of guys will call me and say, how can these young ladies on the LPGA at five foot four? 110 pounds, hit the ball 275. Well, the answer is club head speed. You know, they're generating a tremendous amount of club head speed. You know, how they do that is just by just that impact zone, really releasing through the impact zone. So if anyone listening, if they want a quick, you know, 
website to go to to just understand what I truly believe is the most important part of the swing is the impact zone. That's a great website. Jim, uh, I'm sorry, Rick Smith. He worked with Jim McLean, I think, for years down there in Doral. But um, so putting, your putting is confident, or how's putting's I, pretty good? Uh huh. Yeah, I uh, mm-hmm. I switched putters. I had one sitting in the garage. It was in a timeout, and I brought it out, <laughs> and it started working. Folks, what Bob just said, do it. If your putter is misbehaving, throw it in the closet. Grab a new one. You're going to generate. You're going to see some old memories from that that older putter. And it's going to give you a little different thought process. I totally recommend that very much so. And, you know, if you're a student of the game, you've got 10 putters in your closet or something like that anyway, you know. But, uh, yeah, and irons. No, go ahead, Bob. Quick story about you guys. Yeah. You you guys won a a state championship. Yes, I wanted to ask you. So I had to teach golf. Yes. And I had never played golf. Okay. So I went out and bought uh, the book Five Lessons, Got Five Golf Lessons by Ben Hogan. Sure. And I read that before I had to teach the class. I decided I liked the overlapping grip rather than the interlocking. Interlock, sure. And I, I taught the class. But was, I was I there? Was I don't know. Okay. I think the Lynch brothers might have been there. Now, do you did you know Harold Windsor, our yes. coach? Okay, so you yeah. did. Harold was incredible. Okay, I've mentioned him on the show. He passed away about a year ago. Yeah, I know. Give or take, whatever. Uh, maybe it's two years now. Point is. He was just such a passionate golfer and really wanted us to do good. You know what I mean? And it was really cool because, you know, let's face it. A lot of coaches don't play the game. They're there because maybe the school needed someone, you know. I I, I see it all the time. Golf course-wise, I know you play Grand Haven mostly. What other golf courses in Palm Coast do you like? What's your next favorite? Actually, I like Cypress Knolls. Oh, yeah. Cypress is. But only once. (laughs) What do you mean only once? I couldn't be a member there. I can play it like once every six months ah, or something. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's different. It's challenging. Sure. It's interesting. Uh, it really is. It really is. It's the first golf course I, I worked at when I moved down here in 90. Joe Gutterman was my boss. It was it was great. And then Ocean. Oh, yeah. I mean, just because it's spectacular. Yep. You know, it's really, really something else. And, I got invited to a, a member guest there. Yeah. And I was just blown away by the whole course. Oh, it's incredible. How they treat you there and everything. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really great. Folks, if you live here or around here and you just want a little getaway, Hammock Beach Resort is so awesome. A lot of people just come from Orlando, spend the night and play a little golf. They get some great packages. Um, well, look, this went really quick, man. We only got two minutes left. Not even two minutes. About a minute left right now, Bob. Hole-in-ones. Didn't you just have something? Didn't you just have I had an eagle. You had an eagle. What hole did you eagle, young man? The 12th. At Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great hole right there. Driver and then gap wedge. Nice. And I couldn't see it. That's the part. Right. 11's the par 5. Right. 12 is the short par 4. Right. right. You cross the road. You get there. That's awesome, Bob. Love it, love it. 1998, we opened that up. It was such a great event. Jack Nicholas was here. It was really, really cool to be part of so many great golf. Guys still talk about being there and, and yeah. watching Jack play and him telling yes. people, oh, this hole's supposed to play this way. Yes. This, this sand trap isn't right. Yes, the first hole. This. He hit it short, and it stayed up in the lip. He didn't like it. Fred Kleinfelder, God rest Freddie. Freddie uh, passed away. Um, but anyway, Freddie wind up fixing that. Jack said, that ball needs to come back down. It was a great experience. Well, Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, man. It was kind of a last-minute thing. but uh, It was my pleasure. 
Cool, man. And we got to get out there. We're going to tee it up and play some. We are. Okay, buddy. Y'all have a great week. Keep it in the short grass.